Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. LaFleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into LeMaire back to LaFleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Bita TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's gonna be sick. Marinero on this Thursday, June 15. Hope everyone is doing well tonight. And it is the Sick Podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, named by the Financial Times as one of America's fastest growing companies in 2023, having been recognized by the Globe and Mail as a top growing Canadian company for two years in a row. They work with some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies providing end-to-end logistics services. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. Also brought to you in part by La Bita TB, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bita TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bita TB, embrace your true nature. And also brought to you in part by Playground. Um your premier gaming destination, open 24-7. Drinks are always free while you play. Over 600 machines, poker tournaments, cash games, daily promotions, free valet, and unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge. Only minutes from downtown Montreal. And by the way, if you're watching this live on YouTube right now, and I'm talking to you about Playground, um, you know, it got me thinking, why every time I say just over the Mercier Bridge, I actually go like this with my hand as if I'm going over when you just, you're actually driving over the Mercier Bridge, but not over. Anyone understand what I'm saying? Anyway, it's going to be one of those days, I guess, one of those nights and one of those podcasts. I think that's what it is. Maybe because it's an anniversary of sorts or whatever, and something weird happened on this day six years ago. And let's guess if Charles Alexis Brisbois, because today I'm going to have two guests, but I'm going to tell you the way this is going to go down. Charles Alexis Brisbois of Danny Coulis is going to join me, and he's a contributor on BPM Spa Radio as well. And in about uh, 10 or 15 minutes' time, we're going to be joined by Anthony Martineau of TVA Spa, who is all over this upcoming 2023 draft. I've already told you this. 
He's done some exceptional work throughout the entire season, and I can't wait to talk to Anthony. But without further ado, let's go to Charles Alexis Brisbois. Comment ça va? It's going great, Tony. How are you? Very, very good. I talked about it being the six-year anniversary. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking about, actually. A big trade was made for the Montreal Canadiens on this day, six oh, years Sergeyev. ago. Sergeyev that, is, that, that is correct. Yeah, yeah. As I uh, I wash my hair and I'm going to wash my face because I still have to wake up. I mean, it, was it was it was it a bad dream or what? Hold on a second. Was it just a bad dream? <laughs> oh. well, no, it's um, that, no, it's it's very much real. Yeah, it's very much real. Yeah, it's not a bad dream. It's a bad trade, though. Yeah, I uh, I reached out to um, Miguel Sergachev earlier today, and uh, I gave it all day and all afternoon and all night for him to answer me, and uh, unfortunately, he did not. So here we are, and uh, I don't want to say that you're plan B, Charles-Alexis, but I was hoping <laughs> to go in that direction today. But it's okay, because when it didn't go in that direction, Uh, I said, you know, I know what direction I'm going to take it in today because there's a lot of talk, and I know you've seen this, and there's a reason why I picked up the phone and I called you and I said, Charles Alexi, I want you to be my guest tonight on the Sick Podcast because uh, I saw that you wrote a piece on Donny Coulis about the Canadians having to move up. The Canadians have the number five pick overall in the draft. And uh, you wrote a piece uh, regarding moving up and, and trying to make a move because over the past, I would say, 24 to 36 hours, there's been two different reports. I believe it was Arpin Basu of The Athletic who reported that um, based on the information that he has, that the Montreal Canadiens have entertained a discussion with the Anaheim Ducks yep. to swap picks five and two. Montreal yep. have five. Anaheim has two. And uh, there was another report. Do you remember the other report about uh, the Canadians? About yeah, the it was uh, it was Alexandre Gascon from Gascon. Yeah. Radio Canada. Yeah, Alexandre Gascon of Radio Canada, who reported that uh, based on his information, the Canadians have had a chat with the San Jose Sharks uh, to see if they can make a trade where they trade the fifth pick to San Jose for the fourth pick, and obviously the Canadians are going to have to add to that. It's uh, it's going to be interesting, no doubt about it. Next week on, um, not next week, but in two Wednesdays from now. So we're 13 days away from the NHL draft, which will take place Wednesday, uh, June 28th and Thursday, June 29th in Nashville, Tennessee. All right. Okay. So you wrote about it. You believe it's necessary? I believe it's necessary. Yeah, I mean, you you look at the at the draft. For me, there is a top five, and uh, obviously Conor Bedard is there, but it, it's another category. But um, you think of uh, Matvey Michkov, you think of Adam Fantilli, you think of Leo Carlson, and you think of Will Smith. Obviously, if the, the, the Habs are number five, they will have the chance to draft one of those five. That being said, if it's Matvey Michkov and they decide to go another way because they do not want to, to draft him, Uh, they will have to 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 draft someone else. Maybe it's going to be a defenseman, David Reinbacker or someone else, or maybe it's going to be 
an offensive guy who, who's good, but who is not as good as the other guys. So my reflection was to say, you know what, Tony, this is probably the, the last year that the Habs are going to draft this high because the expectations are, are changing for uh, for next year. You know that. Can't you said that? And the plan, I don't know if it's going to work. I think it will work. But the plan is not to draft number five next year. Maybe the plan is to draft somewhere 10, 12. Yeah. I don't know exactly. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were this year. So it's going to be probably the last big prospect that you're going to have to, to add to that group before trying to, to make a good team in a few years. So you need to take action right now to make sure that you draft a player you're satisfied with, a player that is a great quality because paying yeah. the difference to, to switch from number five to number four or number two or number three because there are no reports about the Blue Jackets, but I wouldn't be surprised to learn that Kent Hughes called uh, Kekalainen to, to, to see if there's a trade possible there. So you need to, to, to pay the difference to get one of these guys right now to make sure that the rebuild could go um, as planned for the next years. I, I like where you're going with this when you talked about the top five because, of course, anything could happen and a player who's yeah. not one of those five mentioned can very well emerge and end up being the second, the third, the fourth best player in the draft. Um, but if you haven't seen it already, uh, as much as I, I love Anthony Mazzino's work, and I've talked to you about that, and he's going to join us probably in the next 10 minutes or so, he's not the only one. I also very much appreciate the work of several other people. Snake Boivere has joined us on the podcast before. appreciate his work and his opinions. Graham McCagg of Recruits and Recruits.ca has joined us on the podcast before. Very much appreciate his takes and his opinions and his guide. Also want to uh, talk to you about The Athletic. The Athletic has some really, really strong work on the draft as well. And um, Corey Pronman and Scott Wheeler did kind of like a joint piece uh, where they they did a bunch of, uh, of, of, of previews and stuff like that on the draft, but they each gave their top 142, I believe it is. And the way Corey Pronman actually classified it, he has a category of bubble generational player and elite player, Connor Bedard, which for him is anywhere between an elite NHLer to a bubble generational player. So we, of course, we know that McDavid was generational and Ovechkin was generational and Crosby was generational. So he has them as bubble generational, so which would be one notch below. He's got a second category, which is the elite NHL player category. He has Adam Fantilli and Matvey Michkov. Yep. Then he's got a third category, which you're in that category. You're an NHL all-star. He has Leo Carlson and he has Will Smith. That's the way Corey Pronman looked at it. Scott yep. Wheeler, on the other hand, he's got tier one, Connor Bedard. Tier two, Michkov, Fantilli, Carlson, and Smith. And then, of course, he's got a tier three, which goes from picks six to 16. A tier four, which goes from pick 17 to 28. A tier five, and the list goes on and on. So yep. I think a lot of people are viewing it that way. The top five in no particular order is going to be Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, Leo Carlson, um, Will Smith, but when you talked about Matt Mavichkov, I say this, and I don't know this for a fact. I don't, okay? But I say this, and I've said this for a while now. If Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, and Will Smith go out, 
and the Canadians have the fifth pick, I don't think they're going to take Matt Vemichkov. I really don't think they will. Yeah, me neither. And that's why there's this, this reflection because my top five is not the, the top five for, for the draft. It's the top five for, um, you know, uh, talent level. And Matt Vimichkov is not number five on that list. He is probably number two behind Conor Bedard because he is so talented. But we we all know the situation with uh, Mishkov. And that's why I think that the Habs could uh, pull a trade like this. And if it happens, I think it's going to happen on the floor because you cannot trade this pick a few days before because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. If Madvi Mishkov goes number three or number four, who knows what happens? Then the Habs, they don't need to trade up because they can just choose the guy who's going to be left, which is probably going to be Will Smith or Leo Carlson. So that that's a very tricky situation. And I think it's, uh, it, it's a good I don't want to say practice, but for, for Kent Hughes, because last year he was running the show. I mean, he was picking number one. He could absolutely decide what he wanted to do, regardless of what the other GMs were going to do. But right now he needs to uh, to wait and see, because that number five spot is very tricky for all the reasons that we know because of the Madvi Mishkov situation. So that's going to be a very new experience for him. And I'm curious to see how he's going to handle it. All right, well, let's find out what Anthony Marcino has to say from TVS Paul. We'll bring him in. Anthony, how are you? Hey, I'm fine. And you? Very well. If you're on your cell phone, I don't know if you could turn it sideways. It might actually be better. Sure, sure. There we go. We got it. Fantastic. And it is better. And uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for making yourselves available because um, we know that, um, look, we, 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 go, uh, we go Monday to Friday at 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. And we know that not everyone's going to be available uh, during, uh, w w during the summer months because, uh, of course, they're going to want to have barbecues. They want to have people over. So the fact that you guys were able to make yourselves available, I appreciate it. We will record some shows earlier throughout the summer if some of our guests cannot make it at 10 o'clock. Thanks for being available, guys. I appreciate it. All right, okay. Anthony, uh, you heard what we were talking about, and I, and I have to say something. I have to say something, and that is, is that I wouldn't be surprised if the Canadians made a deal to move up because I really believe my gut tells me they have this fear that Michkov will be available at five, and they don't want to pass up on him, but if they have to, I believe they will. But I, I'm going to say something else. Mm -hmm. I'd be very surprised if they make a trade with San Jose for the fourth pick. And I'm going to tell you why, Anthony. Let's go. Um, okay. Let's just say at number four, Smith is available and Michkov are available. Okay. I'm Mike Greer. I get a read on what the Canadians are doing. Okay. And my read is they don't want to draft Michkov. Okay, they want Will Smith. Let's just say I'm Mike Greer, okay? And Michkov is the guy that I'm going to draft, okay? I might draft him or I might draft somebody else, but I'm not drafting Will Smith. But I have a feeling the Canadians want Will Smith. So Kent Hughes is going to give me a call, and he's going to say, Mike, Kent here, uh, you're on the clock, and then I'm right after you. What are you thinking? And I'm going to say, Kent, yeah, we talked about it. We made up our mind. We're going to go with Will Smith. Then you understand what I'm getting at here? And then so Kent's going to say, uh, okay, uh, let's make a deal. So 
I, I don't know. I just, what I'm saying is Greer can bluff here. Absolutely. So actually, actually a, a deal can be made because he can bluff. But how much would you give up to swap picks for one pick? And Mike Greer can make out really well in all this because let's just say, once again, in this hypothetical scenario that we're talking about, that Greer has decided that he's not going to go with Will Smith. Well, then at five, he could end up getting the guy that he wanted all along. Plus, he could end up getting another asset or two. Sure. I, I just I don't see it happening, Anthony. Your thoughts? My thoughts is you, you suffer all year long to have the fifth selection of this draft. If you left the Bridgestone Arena without one of the five best prospects of this class, it's a major lose. It's a big, big, big lose for me. Okay? I understand perfectly the situation of Matt Vilishkov. Uh, and it's okay. Montreal Canadiens can have their opinion. It's okay. But you talk about the, the rankings of Wheeler and uh, Prondman, uh, who are very talented. And... So you say no to Mitchkov to draft a prospect who is potentially not generational, not as good to, to become a superstar. So uh, I'm sure that the Montreal Canadiens can uh, have to do all they can to, to draft, to move up in this draft if they don't want to pick Mitchkov because I repeat it, I repeat it, but it's a major lose to left the Bridgestone Arena without one of the five best prospects of this class. It's my opinion, but there's a, a big, 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 big step between the five first, and I, I can't add Benson too. If they don't want to 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 pick Benson or Mitchkov, they have to trade because because they have, they, there is a, a big, big step between the six first, and I include Benson again, and Rainbacker, Leonard, and all these guys. They are talented but never as good as the, the six first. Those guys have a history of putting up points. You're right about that. Yeah. Mind you, yeah. mind you, Leonard and Perot put up major points as well. And, of course, they were on that line with Will Smith, which is a, a line that and, – and so, look, maybe one or two of them could end up being benefactors of Smith. Is it possible that Smith was a benefactor of playing with them too? Anthony? Yeah, I, I think there – Another uh, another way to see it, and a good way. But look at the stats of uh, of uh, Ryan Mitchell. Uh, it's more difficult for him. Uh, I see Leonard sometimes uh, behind Peru and Smith on the high. He's a shooter. He's a good shooter. He's a good skater, but yeah, he's not the biggest, and, and he's not putting out some big points in the big games too, as as Smith and Peru uh, does. So. For me, Leonard again is a good player, but he's not as good to be uh, to to make me happy with a fifth selection in total. You, you have you have to left the Richmond Arena again with one of the five or six best prospects. It's a lose if you don't do this. It's a lose for me. I, I know exactly what you're saying, man. If I'm going to the grad, I'm leaving with the prom queen. Uh... Uh, I'm not leaving with Shala Alexi, though. I'm leaving with the prom queen. Shala Alexi, all kidding aside, all right, okay. You're, you're th when you talk about Shala Alexi moving up in this draft, mm -hmm. all right, moving up possibly to second, moving up possibly to fourth, what are we talking about here? How much of a price to pay are you 
you willing to pay? Um, I'd be willing to, to pay a good price, even if it's to jump to number four, because as Anthony said, you cannot leave Nashville without one of the five big prospects and they don't visibly don't want to draft Mishkov and the other are centers. And if you don't acquire a guy like Pierre-Luc Dubois, you can still have a center, uh, center line of Nick Suzuki, of Kirby Doc, and one of those guys, which would be absolutely incredible because we see in today's NHL, you need centers. We saw it the second Sean Monahan stopped playing in Vancouver, the, the team went down. So you need to try to recreate this for the future and have more center than less because, I mean, since I'm young, I've seen bad center lines in Montreal. So I know what it is. We, we need to, to, to improve that. So if it costs a little bit too much, I think you need to pay that price because right now you have a lot of prospects. You have a lot of picks in Montreal. But what you need is not those picks who are good picks, but you need very high talent who's going to play on your top six, who's going to make a difference. So if you have to, 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 to give a choice and if you have to, I, to add a guy like Owen Beck, you need to do it. And I say Owen Beck because I know he has values and I think he is a very good prospect. But if you draft a center and you have Suzuki and Doc, you don't necessarily need Owen Beck as much as you would. So if that's the price you need to pay, I think you absolutely need to pay that price. All right. Obviously, this all under the assumption or under the uh, the, the theory that the Canadians don't want to draft Michkov because if the Canadians want to draft Michkov, they don't have to make a trade. They're going to end up with a very okay. good player in the top yep. five. If they don't want to draft Michkov at that point, uh, you then to- you got to do something. Yeah. Okay. So um, the number two pick, the number two pick. Let's just say there's a trade for the number two pick, a trade of the Canadians trade their fifth to Anaheim and one of their defense prospects for pick number two. Anthony Martino, yes or no? Uh, it depends on the prospect, but... Okay, I'll, I'll throw out some names and then you just say yes or no, okay? Uh, Would you trade pick number five and... Lane Hudson for pick number two. Jeez, it's difficult because Lane Hudson can be can also be generational uh, in in his way. So it's difficult, but again, it, it's difficult too for me to admit that the Montreal Canadiens can, can left Nashville with uh, with uh, Leonard or uh, Rainbacker or Dvorsky with a, a Mitchkov or a Benson on the table. So if you have the opportunity to, to draft uh, an Adam Fantini or a Leo Carlson, you have to pay something for sure. But uh, Elaine Hudson, for now, it's a, it's a big price to pay. It's a great question. Very, very, very great question. Um, it, it's, it's very hard. But I think if you want something, you have to pay something. And Adam Fantini and Leo Carlson have great projections. They are two big centers with a lot of abilities, with a lot of potential, uh, can make uh, 80, 90 point a season. And who has the last Montreal Canadiens player who put up 90 points in a season? So. The last Montreal Canadiens. This is a good question, by the way. You want to know why it's a good question? Because I have a feeling I'm going to get it wrong. I, but, I, 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 hold on a second. Before you say anything, is the answer. 
the last Montreal Canadiens player to put up 90 points in a season is the answer, Turgeon. Mm. So, I, I, I know that Matt Snazlin, the last one who put up 100 points. Yeah, he put up 110, 42 goals, 110 points. Yeah. So, if you, if you have the opportunity again to add a guy who put up 90 points a season, it will cost something for sure because Hanheim Ducks won Fun TD2, won Leo Carson 2. So, you have to pay. Lane Hudson, it's a big price. But for me, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity to add a generational player. So, it's difficult. I don't say yes, I don't say no, but you can read between the lines. It's yeah, a, all right. So, yeah, uh, uh, I, I think uh, Danfus and uh, and uh, Turgeon put up uh, Danfus put up ninety four. Turgeon put up ninety six in that ninety five ninety six season. And uh, I don't think anyone's put up more than I don't think I think the, the to answer your question, Pierre Turgeon, I believe had the most with with uh, with ninety six points. And um, anyway, it doesn't it doesn't really. It's a great question. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's long between this moment and now. So it's, it's, it's very, very long. All right. Yeah. Okay. But at the same time, you know, you said something that piqued my curiosity because Charles Alexi talked about a top five list, Bedard, Fantilli, Michkov, yeah. Carlson, yeah. and Will Smith. Yeah. You talked about a top six and you yeah. included Zach Benson in that top six. Yeah, for sure. At a worst case scenario, the Canadians are getting Zach Benson. Yeah, but if they want Zach Benson, it's the question because yeah. I I think Zach Benson is a, is as good as Will Smith or very not far from Will Smith in terms of uh, offensive potential, and you can add to that the, uh, his competitor level, his competing level. Excuse me, is uh, is way to to uh, take over the puck from his opponent. He's one of the best in the WHL to uh, in the in forecheck. So I don't I don't have any any concerns about his small stature because he played he plays big. And when when you have 16 and 17 years old and you're able to to be the first to to be the best player in your team offensively with Matthew Savoy Connor Geeky in your roster, for me it talks a lot. And I met like I met like Benson at the combine. This is a stud. <laughs> he, he knows hockey very well. Great attitude. He know what he have to work on this summer. I, I really like Zach Benson personally. So yeah, I, I talked. I, I talk about the top six for sure. But the question is, with the actual Montreal Canadian roster, can't uh, the, does Ken want to add another small forward in in his group? I believe he. he, he, he it's a good idea to, to, to make it happen because you never know what your teams will look like in two or three years. Remember Jesper Kotkaniemi? We drafted him because he was a center, but the best player available was not Kotkaniemi. Quinn Hughes, Brady Kachuk. But at this moment, we need a center, so we draft him. So, okay, Zach Benson, he, he's small right now, but in two or three years, Sean Farrell, uh, Brandon Gallagher, uh, Raphael Arbipinard. This, this pair, maybe uh, we, uh, they, they will not with the Montreal Canadiens. We never know. So draft the best player available. For me, after Mitchkov, it's Zach Benson. 
Yeah, so we got it right. Uh, the last Montreal Canadiens players to get 90 points in a season was in the 95-96 season. Pierre Jean with uh, with uh, 96 points. <laughs> so- and, uh, and Vincent Danfus had 94 points. So those were the last two players uh, to get over 90 points in a season for the Montreal Canadiens. Turgeon with 96, Danfus with 94 in the 95-96 season. That's a long time ago. Tony Chalaxi, uh, are, are you happy with a Montreal Canadiens edition without no offensive catalyzer? It's not cool to yeah. see that. I know Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki are good, but and Cole Caulfield, for me, can be a, a 50-goal scorer in two or three season with no problem yeah. but it's not it's not exciting to see a team without a, a, a big offensive player and like Charles Alexi just said I, I I think I I have the same age of him but we we uh, I um I leave the year uh, with uh Plecanet, Dernay, uh, yeah. player they, they were a good player but not exciting not as exciting as, uh, no. No, the, the exciting guy who played with Plekanec was Kovalev, who had yeah. uh, 84 points, right? I believe he had 35 goals and yeah. 49 assists for 84 points. Yeah. That was the year that he played on a line with Tomasz Plekanec and with... Michael Ryder? I believe. I could be wrong. Yeah. I believe it was Andrei Kostitsin. Kostitsin. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Those were... <laughs> That was a long time ago, man. That was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. For sure. Kovalev played his best hockey when Koivu got hurt. Remember that? Like, he played very good hockey in the playoff series versus the Bruins when he was playing on a line with Koivu and Richard Zednik. That's the year the Canadians trailed the series three games to one. They lost game four at the Bell Center when Kovalev got slashed by Glenn Murray in overtime. On his wrist, and he let go of the puck. He and Sheldon Surrey bumped into each other. Surrey fell down, I believe, and uh, and um, Murray went on a breakaway, scored the winner in overtime on Jose Theodore. Three-one series lead for the Bruins. Kovalev was taking all kinds of heat. I was in the locker room. I was talking to Sheldon Surrey with a scrum of reporters. Kovalev was right next to us, and Surrey was like, no, but let's be honest now. Who the hell gives up the puck because they got slashed in the hands of a playoff game in overtime? And Kovalev is right there next to him when he's saying it. (laughs) Game five, they go to Boston. If memory serves me well, Alex Kovalev scores two goals. They come back, or a goal into assist, something like that. They come back for game six in Montreal. Kovalev scores two goals in game six. They go to Boston for game seven. Kovalev picks up two assists. Richard Zednik scores two goals. The first one was about to break a scoreless draw with about 10 minutes left in period number three. And the second one was with a few seconds left on the clock in an empty net. The Montreal Canadiens beat the Boston Bruins four games to three after being down three games to one. Games five, six, and seven were the Alex Kovalev show. Uh, he was something special. Mm. What a player. Yeah. What a player. Yeah. And then he shook everyone's hand with the wrong hand, kept the gauntlet on because 
The wrist was taped up. You remember this, or am I the only one who remembers this stuff? No, no, no. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> a shout out to Murphy Clinic, an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal, Shop Angus, and the second on the North Shore in Terrebonne. They're also opening soon in Quebec City. Visit murphyclinic.ca or on Instagram at murphyclinic. All right, okay, so, uh, Shal Alexi, I'll ask you one more time. What's the most you're willing to give up with your fifth pick overall to improve your status at the draft? What's the most? <clears throat> well, the answer has got to be different if you're drafting four or two. Yes, but four, I think you threw Owen Beck's name in there. And at yeah. two? At two, I'm willing to, to, to give a good pick and to give, obviously, number five, to give a good pick and a good prospect, but I'm not willing to to give a, a high-end talent because I said that the Montreal Canadiens need talent. So to answer your, your question before, I'm not willing to give a Lane Hudson, but I would be willing to give uh, about any prospect who, who isn't a Lane Hudson, who isn't a, a guy with that much talent. So a good pick and a very, very good prospect, if not one of the best of the Montreal Canadiens. Anthony, because social media is a thing where everyone has an opinion here, obviously. But I don't know if you saw this, but it's been going around. Like, people are starting to have fun with this. Yuri Slavkovsky's name is being thrown out there by Montreal Canadiens fans or maybe fans of other teams. Have we lost our mind to give up on an 18-year-old who was the leading goal scorer at the Olympic Games versus men as a 17-year-old? And I believe he finished like 10th or 11th in points or something like that at the World Championship versus men and a lot of NHLers. And because his first season as an 18-year-old was maybe underwhelming a little bit, and then he went down with that injury, which, by the way, is very normal for guys who get into the league with a big body, unless they're a generational star. Tage Thompson, it took a while. Joe Thornton picked up seven points as an 18-year-old in 55 games. Seven! Slavkowski produced more points than him. But some people want to trade Slavkowski with the fifth pick to improve their ranking to go to number two. Have they lost their mind, Anthony? Nah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, you cannot the names of Nita Cavill, Mitchell Ranton, and Elm Dreisaitl. Time to become the, the, the player. Anthony, Anthony, you're cutting out. Do you hear me? I think you're cutting out. I don't know if you can go on data. Is Maybe it it's your Wi-Fi, but you were cutting, you were chopping up quite a bit. Is it better right now? It's better. Yeah. Okay. So, what I was talking about is is Uri Slavkovsky. We have to take it easy with him because it's not anybody who, at 18 years old, can can arrive in the National Hockey League and puts 90 points. Okay, Sidney Crosby. Alex Ovechkin, Connor McDavid, they are generational player for one reason. So, Stavkovsky, the 40 game he played last year, this is important because now he knows what it takes to be good in the NHL. So, next year, he will still be big, fast, he will keep his good shot, he will keep his good passing abilities. But you can add to this a confidence 
and um, a, a different mentality than he than he had last year because it's impressive for a young kid to to just arrive in the NHL at 18 and try to to be the same player than than you than you were last year because it's the National Hockey League, the best league ever. So people are like, oh, 18 years old. Uh, you just have to put 60, 70 points and we will be happy with that. Hey, hey, just slow down. What? <laughs> what you are doing at 18 years old? For me, I was in high school and I work at Subway. So. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, <laughs> I, yeah, what was I doing at 18 years old? I was, I was, um, I was at Dawson College and, um, and, um, my mother thought I was studying in cardiology, but uh, the only cardiology it was is I was actually playing cards all day and skipping classes. So there goes to answer your question. I don't know if you saw this. Grant McCagg earlier today of Recruits and Recruits.ca, he wanted to respond to some people who were throwing out Uri Slavkovsky's name out there to, to try and make a trade and, and talking about Leo Carlson being a better prospect. And, and Grant said, listen, the one thing that Leo Pro, uh, Carlson can do better than Slavkovsky is his playmaking ability. But it ends there. Slavkovsky was a more dominant player at the same age vis-a-vis um, -vis Carlson. So there's 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 a take on that. Hey, look, uh, we could talk about this till we're blue in the face. The beauty of it is it's all going to play out on Wednesday, June 28th, uh, on the first night of the NHL draft in Nashville. Um, what did you make of um, Anthony... Um, Raphael Doucette's report to La Poche Bleu saying based on his information, Alex Belzil is looking for the same kind of contract that Michael Pozzetta got, a two-year contract, a one-way contract. Do you think he's going to get it, and would you give it to him? Um, I might be happy for, for him because it's a good person, a good player, and he worked hard all through his career, but it's difficult for me to... To talk about it because I, I don't know the Montreal Canadiens plan about Alex Belzil, but there's a lot of good players, uh, a lot of great forwards right now in the, the Montreal Canadiens roster. So for an Alex Belzil who play a lot because of the injuries last year, for me it might be difficult for him to have the kind of contracts he wants because because of the hierarchy of the club right now. So it, it's not not because of him. It's because the the situation, but I, I can be wrong. But I think it, it could be difficult for him to have the contracts he wants because there there is a lot of forward right now who, who wants ice time. It's sad. It's sad because I I really like Alex Belzil, but shall Alexi? There's a part of me that says you know if the uh, the average uh, of money is not that high, you can give him a two-year contract and in the worst case scenario you can send him to Laval uh, but when you lock himself for him for, for two years there's a risk about it there are a lot of forwards who are going to be on that roster next year who are going to be in Laval and will want to to have their shot in Montreal so if you think that there will be uh, as much injuries as there were two years ago and last year, maybe you can add a guy like him. But if you plan to be healthy and to give the kids a chance, I'm not sure you can have him for two years. That being said, as I said, if they bring him, for, for example, for two years, there's a way 
to get rid of that contract in Laval or something like that. And he is very, very, uh, a very good veteran for those uh, for those young kids. So I could see value, but for two years, I think there's a little bit too much of a risk. Anthony Martineau, now we all know why you have the body of a model and you're like this and you're shredded. Look at this guy. He's doing the work from the weight room. He's got everything set up. He's got the thing for chin-ups there. He's got straps. He's got this. He's got, what do you, what do you have? What do you have in there? Look at this. Look yeah, at this. I have a, some, some weight right now. Uh, right my guardador. A punching bag that, because of my punch, just fell about the. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, really? Uh, but I'm, I'm good here. Uh, when, when I can go to the gym because of my kids of the time, I have the yeah. stuff at my house. So it's uh, it's more easier for me to do to do the job. Thanks for joining me, Anthony. I really appreciate it, man. Hey, no problem. Just want to be to be sure because I know the the media, the the social media reality. I I don't I don't say that I will trade Lane Hudson for Leo Adam Fantilli. What I said is, it will cost something to grab one of these players. So it's it's not it's not uh, it's not a possibility to just throw a, a Philip Mejar to have an Adam Fantilli. I understand so, your point. Yeah, just and, and you and you did good to try and clarify it as much as you can. But coming from someone me who's been working in the business for over 20 years, I can tell you right now, you can clarify it as much as you want, and we can clarify it as much as we want. It's going to be all over social media anyway. That's just the way it is. That's the reality. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Anthony. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. See you. Thank you. All right. Going a little overtime with Charles Alexi Brisbois. Charles Alexi Brisbois, we talked about the trade six years ago today. Uh, the Canadians trade Mikhail Sergachev to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who's won a couple of Stanley Cups there in Tampa and uh, has himself a long term deal, which pays him eight and a half million dollars a season. And uh, meanwhile, uh, six years later, it looks like uh, Jonathan Drouin has played his last game with the Montreal Canadiens. If he doesn't, I think it's safe to say that we would be shocked, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's gone, and it it's good for it, it's going to be good for the organization and for him because he's not a bad hockey player. But that pressure in Montreal was not for him. He had too big of a contract for the market and for what he what he brings to the ice. So if he can go somewhere else and have a nice career, it would be perfect for everyone. But you know that fit wasn't there for on the ice and for what we gave up in Mikhail Sergachev. Okay, so now I want to ask you this, and then I'll let you go, because I know that there's been a lot of Pierre-Luc Dubois talk, for, of course, in the city of the Montreal, and everyone, you know, it seems like a, a certain sector of the media would really want to have him here, and a certain sector of the fan base would really want to have him. Yep. If we agree that for a good Chinoo, there's a ton of pressure to play in Montreal for the Montreal Canadiens, if we agree that with that pressure comes expectations and salary and with the salary comes expectations and, and all of that. And Montreal's a different animal. And why would you expect a different outcome for Pierre-Luc Dubois? Um, and I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not saying that just because it didn't work out for Drouin, it's not going to work out for Dubois. I can, but the pressure there's going to be term, there's going to be salary, there's going to be pressure, all that stuff. Are you hesitant? 
I'm not hesitant on the player. I'm hesitant if the price is not good about what Kent Hughes has to pay to the Jets and what he has to pay to the player. I'm hesitant about that. But for the player, no. And I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I hate the comparison with Jonathan Drouin and Pierre-Luc Dubois because for me, there is one element that differentiates them. It's the fact that Pierre-Luc Dubois really wants to play in Montreal. And that was not necessarily the case for, for Drouin. You know, he, uh, he no, 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 no. Pardon me. No, no, no. We had people very, very close to him whisper in our ear that Jonathan Drouin absolutely wanted to play in Montreal. Not I at the level. For, with you here. At the at the level for, for Pierre-Luc Dubois, who, who, tra who was traded, who will be traded from two different teams at the age of 24 because of his desire to play in Montreal. So uh, is it at the same level? Well, uh, Jonathan Drouin got traded to the Montreal Canadiens at uh, to what 23 or whatever it was. The only difference being, uh, and the only difference being, was he 22? I think he was 22 when he got traded with the, to, or 20, 22, maybe. The only difference being that uh, Jonathan Drouin was on his first NHL team and Pierre-Luc Dubois was on his second. But right, you're, Yeah, you're right about that. But I, I still think that his desire is very, very strong to, to play here. He is a little bit older. He has more experience. He has seen uh, two, two teams who are not necessarily great in the NHL. You know, the, the Jets and the Blue Jackets are not exactly the, the blueprint of what you, you always want to create in the NHL. So he has an idea of what he wants differently. He sees what the Habs are trying to do. So I, I think for me, that situation is different. And I understand that, yeah, Dwayne wanted to, to play in Montreal. But for me, what we see about Pierre-Luc Dubois is completely next level. So I think the situation is different on that front. He is older. He produced a little bit more in the NHL too. So um, for me, that's the main difference between the two guys. Hey, did you see the uh, the contract in uh, in Jersey today? Yeah, I saw it. 60, 63 on eight years for Jesper Bratt. Jesper Bratt, same contract as Nick Suzuki. Eight yeah, years. I would take Suzuki. $7.875 million, $63 million deal locked up to the with the New Jersey Devils. Eight years, $63 million. Yeah, I would I think I would take Nick Suzuki before Brad, but it's a great contract for, for the Devils because again, he is under use who is at eight million dollars, if I'm correct. So they, they respect that Yoroshi too is gonna be there for a long time. Those devils are gonna be good in a few years. They they're already good. Oh, they're already good. They're already good. And congratulations to former Montreal Canadian uh John Leclerc, who uh, earlier today uh signed with the um with the um with the Philadelphia Flyers as a position of uh, special advisor to the hockey operations. You're seeing that a lot, by the way, with mm -hmm. former NHLers being special advisors to the hockey ops. Uh, Jerome McGillah uh, yeah. has been named the special advisor to the general manager of the Calgary Flames, Craig Conroy. So you're mm -hmm. seeing more and more former NHLers getting in and with the special advisor roles. And the Canadians were in on that with, uh, with Vinny LeCavalier, of course, as a special advisor to Kent Hughes. Exactly. And I think it's it's a great way to 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 see those guys who obviously have a, a good feel for hockey. But if if the, the, the GMs who know them, who hired them, they feel that they can be um, a good asset uh, on uh, in those uh, in the second field, you know, it can help an organization with all of they can bring to the table and they can uh, have their feet wet about how the business works itself. So you can see if they can handle more in the future. 
So for me, it, it's great to 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 have those guys being back in the NHL because they they gave so much to play there and to have a second chance and a second career. For me, I think it's incredible for those guys. So it, it's a trend that I really like, actually. Charles Alexis, merci beaucoup for doing this, my friend. You and I will talk soon. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much, Tony. Thank you. It's me that thanks you, and I want to thank. Energy Transportation Group. I want to thank La Bitta TB, and I want to thank Playground. We'll give out a shout-out to Murphy Clinic as well. Thank you to all of them for bringing you the Sick Podcast. Weeknights at 10 p.m., Monday to Friday. I'll be off tomorrow night. Matt O'Han will be in. So without it being the weekend, I'll wish you a great weekend anyway, but Matt O'Han will be in. I'm probably going to go downtown. It's F1 weekend on a Friday night. Why not? Let's do that. All right. Yellow and Sammy at Master Control. And the great Antonio Anthony working at Master Control as well. And the great Juliana. Three of them are Cavallaro. Two of us, including me here, are Marinaro. Have a good night. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.